Hey there and welcome back to another Birth Serenity Podcast episode. So in this week's episode, I will talk about a fear that a lot of pregnant mothers face and that is the fear of tearing or being cut during birth. This is the second episode in this series I'm doing right now of all sorts of fears that mothers face in regards to giving birth. Hopefully, after watching all of these episodes, you will feel a lot more confident and ready to go into labor. So get ready and let's dive into this week's episode. My name is Carla Lievert and I'm crazy passionate about pregnancy, birth and babies and helping you to find your way through and embrace both the messy and magical things on this extraordinary journey of bringing your precious baby into this world. I'm a small town mama who has taken a leap and become a certified birth educator and have a very deep desire to help as many mothers as I can around the world. I want you to feel ready, confident and excited to go into labor so you can have your best chance at a smooth, calm and a beautiful natural birth. So please get comfy and ready to learn all you need to know to feel prepared and informed about your pregnancy, birth and easing into breastfeeding with confidence. We won't shy away from the real talk. This is the Birth Serenity Podcast. Straight to the point with this one. You are a normal woman if you are worried about how your vagina will feel and look after giving birth. It just doesn't seem natural that something so big can fit through something so small without completely destroying it, right? Here's the cool bit. Remember I said in the fear of pain episode that your body can produce and use its own hormones to protect us from pain sensations? So we have the hormone oxytocin and the neuropeptide endorphins that help us to manage the pain. Well, your body can also adapt itself to birth a baby with minimal impact. Here's what you need to know. To start, I just quickly want to explain some terminology. First of all, what is the perineum? I'll keep this very basic. So the perineum is the region of the body between the pubis symphysis, the pubic arch, and that is that hard bone that you'll feel right in the front, and your tailbone. So this includes the genitals and the anus. In terms of birth, we are mostly concerned about the area in and around the vaginal opening, and the tissue that little bit between the vaginal opening and the anus. And then I want to explain the tearing degrees. So there are first, second, third and fourth degree tearing. First degree tearing will be some grazes or tearing but just in the skin. Second degree tears will involve a little muscle and that's what most women get is that range of tears. First and second and that'll be around 50% of all women who sustain tearing will be in these two categories. And then very rarely, only about 3-4% to of all births, and this includes births with instruments, and only 1% of vaginal births without instruments will have what we call a 3rd or 4th degree tear, meaning significant tearing occurs that extends into the anal sphincter. So ouch, that sounds like it could hurt, but the good news is it is very, very rare. Now before you cringe, let me just add here. Bear in mind that research about birth outcomes and these statistics that I will always give you is primarily carried out on women having medically managed births. 
These types of births often involve interventions that increase tearing, like coached pushing and the use of pitocin or syntocinone, which is a synthetic hormone to speed up your labor. So even though 1% is really low, there is not much research on uninterrupted physiological births where tearing rates are much lower. If all of those births were included in the study, that 1% will drop even lower. Okay, so I have some more good news. The tissues and muscles of your vagina become really stretchy in labor, more so than you could possibly imagine. Just as your body knows how to nourish and grow a baby without you even thinking about it, it knows how to birth a baby. Trust that. So there are things that are already happening in your body that you are unaware of during pregnancy to protect your perineum in birth. So let's look at that and also at what you can do to reduce your risk of tearing. First, let's look at what you can do during pregnancy and then we'll talk about what you can do during the birth itself. So there are five things that you can do during pregnancy that will reduce your risk of tearing. Number one, during pregnancy, your body produces and releases some amazing hormones to help you bring this precious baby safely into the world. One of them is called relaxin, and it allows for the natural lubrication, smoothing and expansion of the vaginal wall to facilitate easier descent of the baby. So there is an increased vaginal discharge to help soften all the tissue. If you're pregnant, you'll know that it is very soft and mushy down there, all signs that you're getting ready for the birth. And you're not even aware that you are doing this. Your body is already releasing relaxin every day and getting your perineum ready for birth. The second thing that you can do in terms of supporting that is good nutrition. Good nutrition is key because all of the tissue are influenced by nutrition. So make sure that you eat a healthy and a balanced diet, eating enough protein, drinking enough water, fresh fruits and vegetables, and of course, a multivitamin or supplement is also great. Number three, movement. Movement is very important. In the Birth Serenity Antenatal Program, we focus on stretching and moving the right muscles. Prenatal yoga is also great for that body awareness connection, but it is very important to move your body during pregnancy. Number four, Okay, and this one I know that you have all been waiting for me to talk about is perineal massages. Suggesting that you need to prepare for the birth contradicts the fact that women's bodies are perfectly capable of preparing for birth without interventions and preparation. However, perineal stretching massage can increase your confidence levels in your body's ability to stretch and open for your baby. So... Perineal massage is more of a mental thing really than a physical thing. On the other hand, plenty of women don't prepare in this way. And whether you have confidence in your body or not, your perineum will stretch. The baby will be born. So if you are worried about whether or not you can stretch far down there and how it will feel to gently stretch down there, I would suggest doing this. 
so that your mind can rest and find peace and in the process to build your own confidence. Perineal massages should always be done gently and definitely not to a point where you end up damaging your tissue to try and prove something to yourself. So always be gentle with yourself. Only stretch your perineum until you feel a slight stretching or a burning sensation and then stop. So you can learn and use perineal massage techniques in pregnancy from 34 weeks onwards and this is a great way to prepare your mind and your perineum for the sensations of birth. So if you are worried about what it will feel like, maybe you've heard about the so-called ring of fire, then perineum massages will be a great way for you to get used to that sensation. So I would highly recommend doing this if you are worried about what it will feel like to feel your perineum stretch. And that way you will build your confidence and ease your mind to not be fearful of stretching your perineum during birth. Number five is to educate yourself on how the birthing environment, your caregiver, the position during birth and pushing techniques can impact your risk of tearing so that you can choose strategies during labor and birth that will minimize your risk of tearing. Now let's look at what you can do during labor and the birth itself to minimize your risk of tearing. And honestly, in my opinion, this is the more important part. So now I've talked about what you can do during pregnancy and some of that is already happening without you even doing anything or being aware of it happening. But now let's look at what you can do during the birth itself to reduce your risk of tearing. The first thing I want you to look at is the position you are in. So the two positions that involve the least chance of tearing are side lying and then the hands and knees position. So being on all fours. Neither of these involve stretched wide legs and therefore stretched perineums. Also, in these positions, the pressure of the baby's head is more towards the front of the mother rather than directly onto the perineum. The side lying is actually a great one and you can use a peanut ball or pillows to put between your legs so that they are slightly apart but still relaxed. Sideline would be great if you want an epidural. So you can use a peanut ball or pillows to put between your legs so that they are slightly apart but still relaxed. For this you'll need a care provider who is really accommodating because most of them will coach you to push with an epidural and make your birth in the semi-reclined position. With an epidural, you obviously won't have the ability to follow your instincts and listen to your body and research has shown that chances of tearing increases significantly if you've had an epidural. Instinctive physiological birth is easy because you can feel, oh, I need to close my legs or oh, I need to slow down my pushing as the baby's head is crowning or... I need to try and stop the baby from coming out so fast because it's hurting. But once you have an intervention happen, like an epidural, now you have to carry on with interventions that ultimately leads to an increased chance of tearing. 
In contrast, positions that make the perineum tight and stretched and place all the pressure of the baby's head directly onto the perineum increase the chance of tearing. Positions like sitting upright and reclined, that's the one that we always see on TV and in the movies, and then also squatting and lithotomy, which means lying flat on your back, legs spread open. So squatting is great. It's a great position to be in during labor, but if your baby's head is grounding, I would suggest just going forward on your hands and your knees to not have your baby's head directly pressing down on the perineum with the gravity force, but rather more to the front of the mother. So squatting is a great position to be in during labor. Obviously, you have that pull of gravity that helps the baby to come down. But I would suggest once the baby's head starts to crown, lean forward, go onto your hands and knees so that you take the baby's weight off of your perineum, directly down on your perineum and more towards the front. So some women will close their legs during crowning. Instinctively, something tells them, I need to close my legs. Unfortunately, I have seen doctors push women's legs back open or say, keep your legs open. But by closing the legs or bringing them in from a wide open position protects the perineum. And you can try it yourself by doing this little exercise with me. I want you to lay down on your back with your legs wide open and bring them up towards your chest like you'll see the women birthing on TV and in movies. Now I want you to feel what happens to your perineum. So focus on that. Close your eyes if you have to. Focus on your perineum and what you feel down there. Now I want you to close your legs a little. So bring your knees in together and bring them down away from your chest. Feel how much more give there is in your perineum when it is not stretched out sideways. It can now respond to the stretch required by the baby's head and into the directions required without also being stretched out sideways by your legs. So obviously you cannot stretch your perineum out into every direction and think it must stay intact. So why not let it only stretch in the areas required to let baby out? As for whether closing your legs a little will stop baby from coming out, it may slow it down a tiny little bit, which is actually a good thing to protect your perineum. The baby will come out because your pelvis is opening up that space and your legs won't really influence the room baby has to come out. The second thing I want you to do during labor is to say no to any coached pushing and to wait for the natural expulsive reflex, which is your uterus nudging baby down and out without you ever forcefully pushing. So clinical guidelines recommend that women should be guided by their own pushing urges during birth. However, directing women's pushing behavior has become a cultural norm within maternity care. So women are still told when to push, when not to push and how to push. Again, this is what we see in movies and on TV all the time. So once doctors suspect or identify that you are fully dilated, it is common practice to see care providers telling mothers to start pushing. 
a common one that you will recognize immediately because you've seen it in the movies and on TV, I'm sure. It's called Valsalva pushing. So that's where the doctor will tell you to take a deep breath in and now hold that breath and push, 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 as long and as hard as you can, holding your breath, bearing down and forcefully pushing your baby out and then just quickly release the air, take another deep breath in and push, 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 repeating this sequence until the contraction has ended. You are actually cutting off all your oxygen supply. And yes, good oxygen supply means less stress for you and for baby. And of course, good oxygen supply will help you manage your pain sensations better. This type of pushing has been found to have a number of detrimental consequences for women, including increased perineal trauma and long-term effects on bladder function and pelvic floor health. So please, please, please learn to listen to your body and your instincts because no one knows better how to birth your baby than your own body. If you are worried that your care provider will coach you to push or tell you how and when to push, just put it in your birth plan that you prefer everybody in the room to be silent during the birth of your baby. The third thing that you can use during the birth itself to decrease your chances of tearing is make use of warm water. So some women find having a warm compress held against their perineum as the baby crowns to help them ease the sensations of stretching. Others hate it and find it intrusive. Personally, I don't think I would have liked it. But if you think that this is too intrusive for you, maybe you can ask your partner or your midwife to have lukewarm body temperature water in a peri bottle and to let it gently flow and drip over your vagina as the baby crowns. So I've seen a midwife in Cape Town do this and afterwards the mother thanked her saying it felt so soothing and it also helped her to direct her energy to the right place because she was feeling this warm sensation down there. Water birth is another way of allowing your perineal tissue to be in warm water. And of course, with this, there is no one except you touching your perineum. So it's not intrusive at all. Ultimately, there is very little that care providers can do to protect your perineum during the birth. Instead, you need to learn to trust your body because it has an inability to birth your baby. Perineal tearing is a normal part of birth. Luckily, only first and second degree tearing is common. But the good news is that the body will heal itself very quickly. The vaginal wall is a mucous membrane and it heals itself very fast, like the inside of your mouth. So during birth, I want you to aim for a slow, calm, instinctive, physiological birth. This means that you listen to and follow the lead of your body without any interventions. And this way you will allow time for the tissue to respond and stretch in your body's own time without tearing. And the last thing that you can do to prevent tearing, and this you can do during pregnancy as well as during labor, is to make use of affirmations like I soften and I open and I relax. Because remember the fear, tension, pain cycle? 
Fear will cause tension in and around your vagina and then preventing the perineum to gently stretch as it should. So just to summarize everything that we've talked about today, there really is not much that care providers can do or medicine can do to help protect your perineum. This will be all up to you. Third and fourth degree tearing is very rare, so that is good news. And there are some things that you can do during pregnancy as well as during birth to help reduce your risk of tearing. And then lastly, and this will be very short, I want to talk about the fear of an episiotomy or being cut during the birth of your baby. So if you don't want to be cut, if you don't want an episiotomy, you simply put that on your birth plan, you discuss it with your care provider beforehand, you make it very clear that you want a natural physiological birth and that being cut is not in the cards. And that's it. If they don't have your consent, then obviously they won't do it. But don't leave this till the last minute when baby is crowning. Make sure that you discuss all of this beforehand so that when you are in labor, you can focus all your energy where it needs to be. If you have more questions or any concerns, please get in touch with me. Go to birthserenity.com. You'll find contact forms there and ways that you can reach out to me. I would love to help you to go into labor without any fears or concerns, trusting your body, trusting your instincts and the knowing that you really, really can do this. Are you pregnant, hoping for a smooth, calm, beautiful, natural birth? Let us help you with that. In the Birth Serenity Antenatal Program, we focus on natural birth and would be honored to help and support you to prepare yourself in the best possible way, both mentally and physically, for your birth. Our aim is to help you find peace and accept your birth, whichever way it turns out. For more information, go to birthserenity.com.